It's Thursday, September 5th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Iran's calling on a few European countries to lend a hand to help them get out from under crippling U.S. sanctions. We'll connect the dots on how those countries are responding and where the U.S. comes into play. Then, Democratic presidential candidates all basically agree that climate change is a huge issue. Where they differ is how to solve it. And finally, we've got your primer for tonight's big NFL kickoff. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. The most complicated story today is about Iran, hitting the snooze button yet again on the 2015 nuclear deal. The country's been in an economic bind ever since the U.S. started reissuing sanctions against them last year. And now Iran's president says he plans to break more promises associated with the nuclear deal and ramp up the country's nuclear enrichment program, unless major players in Europe help Iran out financially. The deadline they gave those European countries is tomorrow. But now Iran says, we'll give you some more time. Sort of. So today we're going to get into how we got to this big deadline in the first place, how European leaders are responding, and where things stand between the U.S. and Iran right now. Let's start with a quick recap. In 2015, Six countries and the European Union came together with Iran and made a pact. They'd lift sanctions on Iran if Iran accepted strict limits on its nuclear program, so that potentially building a weapon would be really difficult. Then last year, President Trump pulled out of the deal. He said that it wasn't tough enough on Iran and that he could negotiate a better deal. So his administration started sanctioning Iran again, and some of them hit Iran's biggest commodity, oil. All the other countries in the deal, the UK, France, Germany, China, and Russia, have all tried different ways to keep the deal intact. They want to find a way to keep Iran in the deal by making it worth Iran's while financially. But all the new US sanctions are making that really difficult. So back in May, on the one-year anniversary of Trump pulling out of the deal, Iran's president, Hassan Rouhani, said he'd start pulling out of parts of the deal too. In July, inspectors found that Iran was making good on that threat. They had stockpiled more enriched uranium than the deal said they could, though only slightly more. Iran gave the rest of the countries in the deal an ultimatum. Either help us, or we're going to take this further. The deadline? Tomorrow. So, like we said, European leaders have been making moves to help Iran make money moves. Legally. After a lot of work, France, Germany, and the UK came up with a program called INSTEX that would allow Iran to do business in Europe without getting hit by U.S. sanctions. TBD on whether that would actually work. In the meantime, France had a separate, additional idea. Earlier this week, French President Emmanuel Macron proposed offering Iran a $15 billion line of credit. That's about half of the revenue Iran normally gets from its oil exports each year. So, the money could help Iran make up for some of its losses thanks to the U.S. sanctions. All Iran would have to do is go back to playing by the nuclear deal's rules. Problem is, not everyone is getting on board with this. And Iran's been kind of pissing off the countries trying to help them out. For example, they've seized a few ships in the very important Strait of Hormuz, including one with a British flag. So the Brits haven't exactly been pleased with Iran though they're holding their tongues as they try to salvage the deal. And now they're feeling the pressure from one of Iran's enemies, Israel. 
Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu actually flew to London today at the last minute, reportedly to try to convince British Prime Minister Boris Johnson to quit talks with Iran and rebuke France for trying to issue this line of credit. Meanwhile, Germany is saying it's time for the US to come back to the table and clear things up with Iran once and for all. Their foreign minister said last week that a conversation between the US and Iran would take priority over whatever the EU wants. Trump has hinted he'd be interested, even as his administration continues to wage a war of words with Iran. Rouhani has said, not until sanctions are lifted. And in the meantime, the US says Iran is still going around those sanctions. Before the US reissued sanctions last year, Iran was exporting about 2.3 million barrels of oil per day. Since then, oil exports have fallen by more than half, but they're still exporting some oil, and the US wants to put a stop to that. Last week, the US started imposing new targeted sanctions on an Iranian oil tanker that they suspected was shipping oil to Syria. The ship turned off its tracker on Tuesday, so we don't really know where it is now. It was last seen west of Syria. Big red flag. And reports have emerged since then that a top State Department official had actually emailed the captain of that ship before issuing the sanctions, trying to convince him not to help the Iranians and to steer the ship somewhere else. The U.S. official reportedly offered the captain several million dollars, but the captain, as far as we know, didn't take him up on it. That guy is apparently one of around a dozen ship captains to get this offer. So what the U.S. is calling its maximum pressure campaign against Iran is getting personal. Like emails to your phone personal. So what's the skim? Tomorrow is the deadline Iran gave the U.K., France, and Germany to help them get out from under U.S. sanctions. And on Saturday, Iran's Atomic Energy Agency is reportedly supposed to announce what parts of the nuclear deal it'll break next. Iran's president said last night that it plans to start developing new centrifuges that could enrich uranium at a faster pace. But Iran still seems down to talk. According to the Associated Press, Iran's president has indicated that after Saturday, they'll give their European deal partners another two months to come up with a plan. Even though the Trump administration is reportedly not okay with France issuing this $15 billion line of credit to Iran, President Trump has held open the possibility of talks with Rouhani. In a couple of weeks, there may be an opportunity for that, when everyone heads to New York for the big United Nations General Assembly meeting. Another big issue that'll be discussed at the UN? Climate, which is turning out to be a big topic in the 2020 election. That's next. Climate change had a starring role on cable news last night. CNN dedicated seven hours of airtime to talk with 10 Democratic presidential candidates about the climate. A town hall means that it wasn't a full-on debate. Anchors spoke to just one candidate on stage at a time. But CNN advertised this like a wrestling match. Climate crisis. Biden, Warren, Sanders, Harris, Buttigieg, Klobuchar, Booker, O'Rourke, Yang, Castro. Ten candidates, ten town halls, all on one night. But this wasn't a brawl. Every one of the candidates agreed climate change is a big problem. And when they did disagree, we learned some things. One thing they disagreed on was whether natural gas should still be treated as a bridge fuel that's useful for weaning the U.S. off of coal. For things like making electricity. 
Ditching coal as an energy source has been a top priority for environmentalists. And over the last decade, the U.S. has gone in that direction. Natural gas production has gone way up, while reliance on coal keeps going down. But how natural gas is produced can be controversial. Like fracking, which involves using high-pressure water and chemicals to fracture underground pockets of natural gas, allowing the gas to be extracted. Fracking has been tied to contaminated drinking water and a spike in methane emissions, and in rare cases, earthquakes. And natural gas pipelines are also controversial. Challenged by one student activist last night, candidate Julian Castro said, my bad, that while he used to see natural gas as a bridge fuel, that bridge is coming to an end. He now says states should get to ban fracking if they want to. Bernie Sanders and Kamala Harris went further and backed a nationwide ban on fracking. But Joe Biden and Amy Klobuchar took the middle road, saying that a ban wouldn't pass Congress, but they'll still review existing policies. Candidates also disagreed last night about another source of American electricity, nuclear power, and whether the potential waste left behind means it's too risky to be green. Andrew Yang said he's down with nuclear and that outdated technology gives nuclear a bad rap. Cory Booker was also on board. This is the exciting thing. Next generation nuclear, where the science is going, is, to me, at first it sounded like science fiction. But others weren't so sure. Sanders and Harris worried about dealing with nuclear waste and basically said, let's focus on other green energies instead. Then came the big, uncomfortable question. Whether any flashy ideas Dems have to solve climate change have any chance of becoming law. Because right now, Republicans control the U.S. Senate, and Dems would need 60 votes to avoid being blocked with a filibuster. Elizabeth Warren has long called for getting rid of the filibuster. Pete Buttigieg says he's open to it too. Last night, Harris said in order to get a Green New Deal passed, she'd get rid of the filibuster too. But Sanders has a different approach. He said he'd use something called the budget reconciliation process to avoid the filibuster and pass climate bills with just 51 votes, not 60. Although that wouldn't necessarily work for everything. The New York Times says these marathon town halls marked the first televised primetime event in which candidates just talked climate. The question now is, what role will climate play once Democrats get back to debating? And when one of them squares off against President Trump? The National Football League kicks off its 100th season tonight. That's a long run. Normally, the reigning Super Bowl champs play the first game. That'd be the New England Patriots. But because it's a special birthday, the NFL's doing things a little different. Instead, tonight's matchup will feature one of the greatest rivalries in sports, between two of the league's oldest franchises, the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. It'll be their 199th matchup, which is more than any other two opponents in the NFL. Right now, it's a tough call as to which team has the upper hand. When you look at past matchups, the Packers have won 97 games, the Bears have won 95, and they've tied six times. In terms of star power, Green Bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers has been called one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And the Bears star linebacker Khalil Mack has become an extremely powerful defensive force in recent seasons. The showdown begins tonight at 8.20 p.m. Eastern on NBC. For more on football, check out our guide on how it became such a huge sport and some of the challenges it's facing. 
on the Skim app. You can download it from your app store. Today we've got a fun fact coming to you from Out in the Wild, where artificial intelligence is actually making a difference. We've talked a lot about some scary stories involving AI lately, but this one's pretty cool. Researchers at Oxford University's Primate Models Lab say they've created AI software that can recognize and track chimpanzee faces in the wild. Scientists hope the software will help them study the behavior of groups of chimps over generations. That's important because chimps have complex social relationships. Who doesn't? But those can be hard to keep track of in the wild. So being able to track specific chimps over time with the help of AI could teach us a lot about some of our closest animal relatives. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to add the Skim to your morning routine, you can sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.